Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Well, I do want to get into the message today. It's the title of it is Kingdom Culture. I started on this uh, prior to being gone, and I want to pick back up with where I left off. And so let's get our Bibles out here at the roads. We get excited about the Word of God because we believe it is the final truth in our life. So every time we open it, we get a little hype. So if you got your Bibles, version Bible, uh, electronic Bible, or paper Bible, whatever, come on, E-Roads family, Mount Carmel, North City, let's get excited. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Woo! I did get the honor and privilege of speaking at the Lighthouse Church in Panama City Beach on July 4th weekend. And that is the church where we as a church gave our very first vision offering. We gave all of it, 100% of it, to them for the hurricane. It was over $103,000 that we gave to them. And uh, I just want to say from Pastor Cole and Julie there, the pastor of the church, they wanted to extend to the, to the Rhodes Church their heartfelt gratitude. They said to me, Chad, you will never know what your timely gift did for our church. Their insurance, this was in 2018 that we gave that, their insurance just started paying a few months ago. They've been battling with attorneys, the insurance didn't want to pay and all that. So our gift in that moment helped them keep going. And they wanted to tell you thank you from the bottom of their heart. So I want to thank you for your generosity that you helped people you'll never meet in Panama City Beach, and their life was impacted because of that. Got to preach in their new building. So they've only been in there about five, well, maybe now by six or seven weeks, but I was the first one to speak, the first guest speaker in their new church, and what an honor and privilege it was. So thank you, Rose Church, for being so generous. Kingdom culture. Matthew chapter 13. I want to start reading in verse 10. Sermon notes are available there in your worship guide. They will be helpful. Uh, you can also take notes. Note takers are world changers. So let's look at verse 10. It says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus said, He answered to them, said, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. So Jesus was saying, There are mysteries about the kingdom of heaven. There's a kingdom of heaven and there's mysteries about it. But the good news is it's been given to you. How many have heard... Someone say to you, God works in mysterious ways. And the connotation was, you're never going to be able to figure out anything he's doing. Well, Jesus said, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So are there mysteries? Yes. But he said, it's been given to you to know them. Does that mean I'm going to know everything God's doing? No. But it also means I don't have to walk around like I don't have any clue what the kingdom of heaven is about. The word kingdom of heaven means the foundational principle components of heaven or the system or culture of heaven. So when it talks about the kingdom of heaven in the Bible, he's talking about culture, a set of attitudes, values, goals, or practices of a society or organization. So putting that together, the kingdom culture that we're talking about is a set of attitudes, values, goals, and practices that match the culture of the kingdom of heaven. There is a set of attitudes, values, and goals and practices that match the culture of heaven. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Satan's counterculture to the kingdom of heaven is a culture of the world that has designed you and I to get 
to convince us that we can live successfully in this world without God. The satanic culture strategy is not getting you and I to worship Satan. That's too overt and most people will not fall for that. His goal is to get you and I to worship self. And we will love us some me. We may not worship Satan. We'll be like, oh, no, I would never do that. But we would worship some me. So his idea is to get ourselves into a place that I can do it. I'm smart enough. I've got enough money. I'm this. I'm that. That's where Satan wants us to get. In thinking we are the answer. And Jesus is the only answer. So now, let's look what it says in here about using the kingdom culture. Because, you know, a lot of people will say, well, we just need to live with some common sense. Absolutely, that is true. But we need to live in a sense that is common to which kingdom? Are you living by common sense? Yes. But it's not common to this kingdom. There are going to be times that God's going to say things to you or show you things that will not be common to the kingdom of this world. But it is common to the kingdom of heaven. Living by faith is common to Jesus. Saying things, believing things before they see things is common to heaven. It's crazy on the earth. So I'm just trusting God's going to believe. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It does to Jesus. You ever said anything, had a phrase or, or said a, a thought or, or something like uh, maybe an ideology that was very common to maybe your family or where you're from, like it makes perfect sense for where you're from, but if you say it around a different group of people, like they don't get it. That's the way it is sometimes talking about the things of God. Sometimes you're gonna say things around people at work, about people that don't follow Jesus, don't understand the kingdom of heaven, and you're gonna say something and go, well, that's stupid, and you're gonna, it's not where I'm from. It's the way we talk where I'm from. We love our enemies. We bless those who curse us. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It does in the kingdom. So let's look at what this talks about. Uh, verse 3 says, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. A sower went out to sow. What does it mean to sow? Sow means to plant things now for future growth later. Plant things now for future growth later. Later, if I'm talking about the kingdom culture, this is very important. When we're talking about making disciples and growing in a relationship with God, you and I need to understand this foundational principle that the kingdom of heaven is not a kingdom built on need. It is a kingdom driven or built on seed. Let me say that again. The kingdom of heaven, the system of heaven is not an entitlement program. The system of heaven is not driven by need. This is going to go again. We need to correct some theology. Some of you are brought up that if, God, if we need it, God will give it to us. If we don't need it, he won't give it to us. Bad theology. Need to get away from that kind of teaching. Jesus knows what we have need of before we ask. That's scriptural. But it does not say he will give us just because we need it. He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be. 
So it's driven by seed or what we sow. Uh, Mark chapter 4, the version of this parable, Jesus said this, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of the other parables? Here's the point. Here's the principle. If we don't understand that the kingdom of heaven is about sowing and reaping, we will never understand the kingdom of heaven. Sowing the word and reaping. So uh, let me jump for time's sake. Let's jump to verse 18. You can read verse 4 through 9 on your own. Verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom. So what is the seed? The seed is the word of the kingdom. What do we sow? We don't sow our wants. We sow what he says. The word. All right? If you want to produce a harvest in your life, a harvest is not produced based on what I want. I don't pray this way. Give me, give me, give me. I'm praying for my cousin Jimmy. We don't. It makes sense where I'm from. But we pray. We pray the word of the kingdom. We sow seeds based on what God says, all right? So anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. We talked about that. This is he who receives seed by the wayside, verse 20. But he who receives seed in stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives the joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world, word, sorry, and he becomes unfruitful. We already talked about those. Verse 23, this is what I want to get to today. But he who receives seed on the good ground, everybody say good ground, is he or she who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100-fold, some 60, and some 30. Today I want to talk to you about good ground. Look at your neighbor and say, are you good ground? So now if the goal is good ground, if we don't want to be wayside, if we don't want to be stony, if we don't want to be thorny, but we want to be good, what does it mean to be good ground? The words good means advantageous, fitting, or suitable for a specified thing. Advantageous, fitting, suitable. So good ground is ground that's good or suitable, advantageous for growing. What is ground? Ground is our heart. The ground in Scripture, the soil in this context is referring to our heart where we grow the promises of God. You don't grow the word in your head, in your brain. We grow them in our heart. So good ground could be translated good heart, good spirit. Okay? Just giving you the application. So the good, suitable ground for growing, I want to give you some things that it is not. It is not something that some have and others do not have from a standpoint of privilege, advantage, genetics, race, or upbringing. Good ground is not something that's just given to some people and others don't have. It's not predetermined for us ahead of time. 
It's not either you have it or you don't. It's not a sovereign decision of God out of our control that he says, poof, you get to be good ground. Poof, you get to be stony ground. That's not the way it works. Good ground is not all-inclusive but categorical. It's important. Good ground is not all-inclusive. In other words, I cannot say I am good ground. It's categorical within me. What does that mean? That means that I can have areas of my life where I'm producing good ground and other areas where I am not. So I am not all bad ground because I have areas that I'm struggling in. We like to paint broad broad brushstrokes over our life, or the enemy loves to paint broad brushstrokes and say, if I'm struggling in an area, he likes to highlight it that that's all that I am. And I can have good ground and still have some area that I'm struggling to produce what God wants to produce in my life. It's categorical, all right? So now, that's a whole message. Here's why that's important. The qualification for good ground is not determined. Man, this is so good. Lord, I just want to give you credit for this. The qualification for good ground is not determined by the condition of the soil before the seed comes, but rather what is done with the seed after it comes. Let me break this down. This is so good. Good ground is not something that you are and then God decides to plant, decides to plant in it. Notice in Scripture, he scattered seed in all of the grounds. Good ground is not what we are before the word comes, like we make ourselves good ground so that God will plant in us. No, no, no. Good ground is not the condition of the soil before the word comes. Good ground is what happens after the word comes. In other words, what we do with the word determines whether we're good ground or not. How is that encouraging? I'm glad you asked because it puts all of us watching online or in the room in the same position right now. All of us, whosoever has an opportunity to be good ground when we walk out those doors, when we turn off the screen, we have an opportunity. Why? Because we're all going to hear the word and we have a chance to do something with it. I don't care if you come in here hungover. I don't care if you come in here living in sin that is totally contrary to the word of God. You can be good ground before you walk out the door. Oh, that goes against all of our religious precepts because we think good ground is how we live our life. Good ground is what we do with the word of God in our life. When we plant the word in our heart, we will live according to the word behaviors, sin, all of that, that will take place or dealing with that will take place when the word is planted in my heart. Not I will fix my life up so that I'm good enough to serve Jesus. (laughs) I liked it. I just liked it. So what is good ground? Let's look at verse 23. Oh man, I've only got a couple minutes. Let me get through this. But he received seed on the good ground is he who... Here's the word and. Notice that. Here's the word and. Why is that important? It is not enough just to hear the word. Every type of ground heard the word. Look at verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, this is the wayside seed. 
Verse 20, he received on the stony places. This is he who hears the word and received it with joy. But verse 21, had no root in themselves, so they didn't endure very long. Verse 22, now he received seed among the thorns. This is he who hears the word, but the cares of this world and deceitful riches, riches choke the word. What happened? All three of the grounds heard the word. So hearing the word is not enough. Hearing the word alone does not make us good ground. It's what we do. Here's the word and. Look at what verse 23 says. I'm going to give you three characteristics of good ground. I'm going to do it in a hurry. Three characteristics found right here in verse 23. It's not just hearing the word, but it's what we do with the word. Here's the word and. Number one, the first characteristic, everybody say understands. Understands it. These three things match up with the three conditions before. The wayside seed, the stony places, and the thorns. So this is the wayside. It says, whenever we hear the word and we don't understand it, what happens? When we don't understand, the wicked one comes and snatches it out of our heart. So he said, good ground is someone who does understand it, and it prevents the wicked ones from snatching it out of your... Make sure you're staying with me. It keeps you from snatching it out of your heart. You've got to get it in your heart. So how do we get it in our heart? We get in our heart by meditating the word, understanding the word. The word understand means to comprehend, to put together. When we don't understand it, that's what happens. We have to meditate on it. Psalm 1-2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Meditating is not Eastern religion sitting around going, um. Meditating, according to the Hebrew culture, literally means to utter, utter or speak over out loud. So when we meditate the word of God day and night, you can also find this in Joshua chapter 1, when we meditate it, it means I am speaking the word out loud to myself. That is meditating the word. If you're going to meditate the word successfully, we say it out loud. So this is what's going to keep it from being robbed out of our heart. The one who's good soul is someone who understands it. So if I'm going to be understanding the word, I have to meditate the word. Let me give you the second characteristic, number two. Here's the word and understands it and who indeed bears fruit. Second characteristic of good ground is they bear fruit. They bear fruit. What does bear fruit mean? This lines up with the stony places. Why did the stony places not bear fruit? They said because they had no root in themselves. If you have a plant, we are agricultural USA, right? So right now, if you would take, and if you're out in a field and you would take corn before it develops, on the, if, before the ear develops on the corn, if you go out and you pull up that corn plant, so it's got roots and it's growing, but if you would pull it up out of the roots before it produces the ear of corn, that's what it's talking about, is that we had no endurance to stay until harvest time. Staying rooted. So he talks about one who's going to be good soil, someone who understands one who bears fruit, is talking about someone who's going to allow roots to stay in and do it for the long haul. That I'm not just going to be excited in the moment about what God says, but I'm going to get planted into what God says. I'm going to get rooted in the Word of God. I'm not just going to come to church and then get out every time something doesn't go my way. No, no, no. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish like the palm tree. Get rooted. The Bible says being rooted and grounded in love. I'm going to get rooted in love. I'm going to dig in there so that when the wind blows, I'm not going to be knocked out of love. I'm not going to let a fence knock me this way. That I'm rooted in love. Rooted means you're in it for the long haul. We need endurance 
And this is what good soil is. Good soil keeps their roots long enough that they will bear fruit. Too many times we get excited in the moment about God wanting to do something in our life, but we don't stay rooted long enough to see it come to pass. Because the enemy's job for you and me is to get us discouraged in the process. That along the way, before the fruit pops up, we go, I can't take it anymore. And we throw in the towel right before that ear was getting ready to bud. We need endurance. We need endurance to stick with it, to write it out. To say, listen, I will not move. I am rooted in what God says. This is not a feeling and emotion. This is not hype based on how I feel today. I've got a promise and I've rooted it in my heart. That's good soil. Endurance. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us this. Let me read this to you. For you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. God himself says we need endurance. For yet a little while and he who is coming will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We are not of those who quit and draw back. We keep coming and we don't back down. Good soil. Good soil. We're rooted in him. Let's look at the third characteristic. So number one, they understand it. Number two, they bear fruit. Number three, they produce. Produce has to do with the one where they're sown among the thorns. Seed was sown among the thorns. What was the problem with the thorny places? Was the problem the seed with the thorny places? The problem was that it was sown among, remember we talked about being among in the midst of thorns, in the midst of other things. So it was sown in an area that was dominated by something else. So good soil is a person who produces we're going to produce because we're not going to be distracted by other things. We're going to solely hear what God is saying. So here's what God's saying. If I'm going to be good soil, hearing the word is not enough. I have to hear what God says and hear it only. That was the problem in the thorny grounds. Most of the time in our life, the problem is not hearing what God says. The problem is we hear many, too many other things that contradict what God says. Right? Are you, are you like me or am I just on an island here? My problem is not that God's given me a promise. I can hear that and I'm like, yes, this is what God says. My problem is hearing all the other junk that goes against what I'm trying to believe God for. And all of the other junk could be in my own head. Could be my own body talking to me. Could be a friend talk, big coworker. Could be a family member that you go and you say something and they say, oh yeah, da, da, da. They say the opposite. So we have to hear solely what God says. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word. And by hearing the word of God. Several years ago, I read this verse and studied it out, and God gave me this tremendous revelation that changed my life. I want to talk about the two buys for a moment. If you've heard me preach this before, you've heard it before. But we need to be reminded because this is what God is saying about producing on the third category. Our problem is not the seed. Our problem is not that we heard the word. All of you are going to hear a message right now. The difference is going to be who's going to walk out and apply it into their life. 
You're going to hear the word, but we also, we hear what God says about my health. I hear that by his stripes I'm healed, but I also hear the doctor's report. I hear that God's going to supply all my needs according to riches and glory, but I also hear the bill collector. I hear this, but I hear that. I hear this and I hear that. We got too many other voices. He says, faith cannot come in an area where other voices are dominating. Faith comes by. That word by is the Greek, first one is the Greek word ek, which means origin or out of a place of or producing from. In other words, put it this way, faith begins or originates with hearing the word of God. It begins. Hearing the word is good. Hear the word. We need to hear the word. You need to hear the word in your life. You need to be playing it. You need to be reading it. You need to be listening to it. Hearing the word, that's where faith begins because faith can only be in the word of God. So important foundationally. Faith cannot be in our wants. Our needs will never produce faith. Faith can only be produced in a word from God. But it's not enough to just hear it. Faith won't be, faith won't fully develop just by hearing. Otherwise, what can we do? Put the old Bible on the Bluetooth, play it all night long, play it in our car, play it in the shower, and I would be a giant of faith. But it doesn't work like that because it begins there, but it doesn't culminate there. Because it goes on to say, and hearing, and hearing by. The next word by is a different Greek word. It's the Greek word dia, which means through or a channel. So now what's the challenge? Faith begins because I hear what God says. But faith doesn't grow and develop until I begin to hear through the word of God. So when someone comes up and tells me something, I have to hear what they're saying, but I have to filter it through what does the word of God say. When I begin to hear through the word more than the news, faith can arise in my heart. When I begin to hear through the word more than what the doctor says or more than what the person says, more than what my body says, I hear through the word, la, 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 la. I don't hear, but through the word of God. Now people say, well, that's crazy. You gotta have some common sense. You can tell them, I have sense that is common to the kingdom of heaven. I am operating in common sense. It's called kingdom sense. In the kingdom of heaven, the just shall live by. That's how it works in the kingdom. So you start talking in faith and people call you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You start telling them, I'm gonna tithe, I'm gonna give 10% of my income to the kingdom of God. That's stupid. That's all that is. That is stupid right there. That makes no sense whatsoever. I know, it doesn't. But to the kingdom it does. Too late to get to me. Completely out of debt in my mid-30s because of a principle that made no sense to an accountant. If he can, fix, he can get me to believe it, he can get anybody to believe it. I was like, practical numbers, God, there's no way I give 10% of my money to you. My gross money? I, absolutely not. There's no way. It doesn't work out on my paper. It doesn't work on my spreadsheet. I can't give 10% of my gross to you and prosper. I can't do it. He said, try me. Try me. Test me out. A lot of the things that God's going to tell you that's not going to make sense. 
But God's not here to make sense through the Word of God. He's here to make faith through the Word of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.